Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> stretch it out. Yeah, stretch this shit out, man. Yeah. Got a zone-in hoodie on. Looks good. Mm-hmm. I like that white hoodie. You don't Thanks, get, man. You don't get nervous wearing the white hoodie? No, I got another one. Oh, man. <laughs> I, if, I, if I like something, I usually get two or three of them. Yeah. I just would be so nervous I'd spill coffee on it. That's what they make washing machines for, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> let's start the show. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get this crowd going. Now, come on. Get them up. Get them up. Get them up. Hawks on three. One, two, three. Four. Oh. Lofa Tatupu is up in the mix. Go Hawks. I'm just about that action, boss. He takes the snap. He's going to throw down the middle. What a catch. It's intercepted by Lofa Tatupu. Holy catfish. Hey, that's great football now. It's going to work now. Let's keep playing. Who's got my best? I got your back. That's no fun. My player. Trouble playing. Thunder. All one. Ready, please. Russell looking. Go Hawks. Russell scrambling. Go Hawks. Pump faking. Go Hawks. Still looking. Now he spins out. We got a fly, baby. 40, down the far sideline. He's still moving. He's going to go. Yes, go. 20, 10. They do it again. Touchdown. 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 Seahawks. It's the Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network. I'm Seahawks super fan Brett Davern. He's Seahawks legend Lofa Tatupu. And on this episode, we're going to check in with Rafi and Ben, two guys who made a podcast called Bolted. It's all about how the San Diego Chargers left San Diego and headed up the road to Los Angeles. All of the behind-the-scenes politics and gamesmanship that goes on behind the game that we love so much and sometimes can strip us of our favorite teams, or at least you know we have to watch them move cities. So interesting chat with those guys in a very interesting podcast. All six episodes are out right now. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can check them out on any social media at bolted podcast lofa before we start this big episode i got to tell you about our sponsor betonline.ag of course you know all about them but if you're just tuning in and listening you should know about them too betonline.ag is your online wagering experts you can bet on anything from the world of sports or you can lay some wagers down in their online 24 7 casino which of course never closes use our promo code when you go there Believe, spelled B-L-E-A-V. You get a nice welcome bonus when you use that promo code at betonline.ag. Lofa, we've had an email come into the email for seahawkspod at gmail.com. That's the email address. Um, People are wondering what that sound is. We just heard it again, so I figured I'd bring it up. That's the sound of Lofa Tatupu's water bottle. Can, no you, way. can you do it again for us? Yeah. When he takes it's a just, drink of it, there's ice it, in it. 
It's just an incredible job by this microphone, AKG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to them. Big big ups. Yeah, we had an email come in that was like, what is that noise that sometimes goes off in the background? It sounds like a rattling. It sounds like a... Because people just listen, right? Audio-wise, so they can't see what's going on. So oh, there you yeah. go. There's the answer to your question. It's Lofa's water bottle. All right. No more ice, man. No, <laughs> no you're fine. Keep doing it. No, it's like a, no whatever, it's, Brent. No. <laughs> Done. No, Noted. I, don't, I don't bring it up to make you stop. It's become part of the show. What? Did you say something? <laughs> Hey, before we talk to the guys from Bolted, there's a little bit of Seahawks news to take care of right quick. Our buddy Tyler Lockett, or or probably your buddy, I've never actually met him, but um, he just signed a contract extension, four years, $69 million, 37 of which are guaranteed. Uh, what do you think about the contract extension for number 16? He's awesome, man. Um, on, off the field, just everything you want, you know, for your organization. Mm-hmm. Um a silent type leader. And, um, you know, I probably get more vocal now though, probably coming into his own, but he is, man, the kid's special and, um, well-deserved. He just had career year, uh, broke, uh, you know, the receptions record, which has stood for a long time and, um, over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, man. I mean, well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Cause it seems like Tyler Lockett has been here forever um, yeah. and he kind of has, but he wasn't on the Super Bowl team going back uh, to when we played the Broncos in the Super Bowl. I think he came in like the year after or something. Either 15 or 16. Yeah, was but his... either way, feels like he's been here forever. And um, he always he's just the guy that Russell always finds. It feels like Russell feels really comfortable with him. Um, they, you know, they have a great relationship that almost seems um, – telepathic at times the way that tyler can just find those soft spots instinctually i don't know if i've seen a better um and i think shoddy said the same thing uh if i've seen a better football player at receiver just knowing the feel for the game when russ is in trouble like spatial awareness who's around him and where can he get to just like you're talking about it's like a sixth sense Mm -hmm. and um you know him and russell being on the same page it's it's incredible the 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 moves he makes just off of feel yeah the other signing that we didn't talk about happened a few weeks ago and i don't i think we might have mentioned it but we didn't really touch on it that much i want to get your official thoughts on it bringing in yet another tight end we love tight ends here at the seahawks but gerald everett signed uh with the the seahawks i mean coming up from the los angeles rams what do you think about that one what did you think when you read that news um you know if you can, you know, hurt your opponent yeah. <laughs> and add to your team, then then do so. Right. But um, yeah, good athlete, you know, a willing blocker. You know, I'm excited about it. And just his opportunities became fewer and fewer with um, the emergence of Higby. So mm-hmm. um, you know, but we do love tight ends. And we I do. mean, you know, it's crazy. We don't. I don't see three and four tight end sets. Like, I don't ever see them all out there in the, in the game together. We should use which, it. Which that's a very big mismatch, whether it's versus, you know, you spread them out wide, go empty. And now, okay, yeah, you got great corners, but you got to deal with a guy at 6'5, 260. Yeah. If he boxes you out, unless you're Sherm or somebody, good luck. And Everett's big too. He's got a lot of size. Yeah. He's built so, like a basketball player. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's my whole thing is if we're going to sign all these, t- like we, we have like five or six, like that had started NFL games last year. Can we just play them? Right. Like, yeah. I don't, 
Well, well, we're just going to have them on the bench. The reports are out there that him and Russ are getting together to run some routes or, you know, form some camaraderie or some chemistry. And I hope they do. You know, we, we bring in, you know, we brought in, bring in these tight ends from time to time. Um, and, and it feels like sometimes we don't go to them as much as we should, you know, um, Jimmy Graham was here Jimmy, for all those yeah. years. He set records as a Seahawk tight end, but it never really felt like he was that go-to guy that he should have been, especially in the red zone or whatever. So we'll see what happens with Gerald Everett. It's just about how we use them, how we implement them in the game plan. Um, that's one thing that when Jimmy was in New Orleans, John Payton, if he knew you were a man team, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go empty. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Good yeah. luck locking down Jimmy. And then they had a couple other guys, Henderson, and uh, Colson that were six five, six four. So it was it's tough duties for everybody. Well, these pieces seem to be falling into place on the offensive side of the football. I mean, the 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 four headed monster that is going to be DK and then Tyler and then Gerald Everett and then Chris Carson, right? Signed as well. So offensively, there's a lot of weapons. What about our guy KJ on the defensive side of the ball? How is this thing going to end up uh, with him and and his, you know? being out there in free agency. I mean, Hawks fans obviously want him back. I want him back. I know you want him back. Maybe, can you text him? I mean, I'll text him, but KJ's a grown-ass man, man. He <laughs> does what he wants. I know, uh, but can you beg him for me, please? I know, right? Well, it's We don't know what's being offered. We don't know, you know, if anything's been offered for, for that matter. It's um, Free agency is wild like that. Uh, you, you know, you could be hot one minute and the next everybody's like, oh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. We got the draft coming up because they are, they are heads down in the draft, you know, everybody, not just the Hawks, but trying to find a KJ Wright. And so, but to your point, well, you got the KJ Wright standing right there. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. Go get him. And so I don't know what it'll take. I don't know um, what the, the issue is, if it's cap or what, but. You know, that's a special player right there. When I talk about Lockett being special, this is a guy that's special to to our, our team, our, our organization, and our city. What seems right for you for KJ? Like what kind of contract would be would would be what you're thinking? I think what he deserves, you know, what I thought someone would offer is a is a nine to ten, eleven a year, two year, because you're in the line of something what like, you know, Thomas Davis got a year ago to go to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It's you know, they're, they're worth it. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people will be scratching their heads like, what? Well, Cage is coming off two of the best years of his career. Yeah. You know, we've already mentioned it statistically uh, two years ago, tackles, interceptions, career highs um, in his ninth year. This year, only player in, in the league, only one. Um, and there's a lot of great players out there that had 10 tackles, 10 pass deflections, and um, what was it? 10 tackles for loss, 10 pass deflections, and a couple forced fumbles or something like that. Only one. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, he's in rare company there, being himself. And the just to – it's crazy how some guys get the hype, you know? Like, I'll, I'll say I got overhyped in some situations. And, and then other guys, like a KJ, can go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, look at his numbers and you're like, holy shit, KJ did that? Like mm-hmm. – and you're like, yeah, man, like, what were you watching? Right. <laughs> so um, I really feel like he deserves in the 9 to 10, 11 range. And I would like to see an offer to him for two years, seven with four, three to four in incentives that can be 
can be made if he's just healthy and plays because if he's out there, he's more than worth the dollar. And he fits so nicely into, I mean, he's only been in the Seahawks system, I guess, which is why he fits so nicely into it or, or, but it just, it it wouldn't be right to see him in some other uniform. I mean, he's been with us for almost a decade. He doesn't want to go learn a whole new system. Does he? No, but he could. And this is where a lot of teams are, are missing out or don't understand his value. Sam will Mike. He can play all three better than a lot of guys can play one. Mm -hmm. And the leadership aspect that he brings along, I mean, we have not had a losing season since KJ Wright was drafted. I know everybody goes to the 2012, you know, the, that the, well, a year before when KJ Sherm, you know, he was one of those building blocks. Mm -hmm. And so just want to see him get, you know, what he's worth. And, um, you know, if I were him, I wouldn't be in a rush to sign anywhere. All right. You know, you guys, yeah. Like, this is going to cost you later, though. Like, if you you want my services, this is going to cost you. I'm going to enjoy a little more time training with the family, and I'll, I'll worry about this, you know, when I have to. Yeah. Well, you get one player for, you know, the, the price of all three. He's way better than Sam, Will, and Mike. He's, those guys suck. Get rid of them. I don't even know who they are. It's the positions. You know that. Strong side Sam, Mike, middle, weak side Will. Hey, let's Come on. let's get to Rafey and Ben uh, from the Bolted podcast, all right? Let's see what, what they got to say about the San Diego Chargers and what made them leave San Diego. But before we do, let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Kanan. Kanan Eyewear. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Kanan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics to make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And then they also include Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive promo code KananCast15. Kanan is spelled K. A E N O N and then C A S T one five at Canaan.com to receive fifteen percent off of your first pair. That's Canaan K A E N O N Cast C A S T fifteen. That's the promo code. And you go to Canaan.com when you're using that. Canaan, clearly better. Movie trivia. West Canaan. What movie? Uh, West Canaan. That's uh, West Canaan, Texas. Are you talking about uh, the high school? You talking about James Vanderbeek? You talking about uh, Varsity Blues? You talking about okay, Tweeter? Finally, you, finally, about, finally, the actor got a movie trivia. You talking about <laughs> Billy Bob? Uh, Billy I'm sure Bob? She, Billy Bob? Katie, Katie probably told you. <laughs> no, she didn't tell me. It's off the top of my head, man. Hey, Tweeter, you think you're gonna like jail? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Oh, man. West Canaan, Texas. Yeah. Oh, who is uh, John Voigt, the coach, right? Mm-hmm. Oopty oop. Oopty fucking oop. <laughs> Your dumb hills can't run a simple draw play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me let these guys into the Zoom. It's one of my favorite ones. Rafi and Ben are joining us on the show on the Zoom. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for having us hey. on. 
Yeah, great to be here. They host the Bolted podcast right here on the Believe Sports Network. It's a little different. It's a six-part docu-series talking about how uh, the San Diego Chargers became the Los Angeles Chargers, and they lead you through that entire story. Um, At Bolted Podcast is where you can follow it on any social media, and of course you can listen to it right here on the Believe Sports Network or anywhere you get your podcast. I mean, guys, let's dive right into it. Why are the San Diego Chargers now the Los Angeles Chargers? But don't spoil anything because we want to listen to the docuseries. But I'm just saying, in a nutshell, what happened? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hope we can justify talking talking about it for six hours. Uh, so I'll try not to spoil too much. Uh, but I think that the answer is a little bit more complex than what would initially uh, you know, come across, which is why we spent so much time talking about it. Um, there's a few things that you have to know about, uh, uh, you know, the relationship between San Diego and Los Angeles in order to understand what made this move so impactful. Uh, Lofa, I know you were, you were born in San Diego. I'm sure you're familiar a little bit with that. And you went to USC, as did I. Fight on. Uh, and uh, <laughs> there's there's a little bit of a uh, there's a little bit of a little brother complex when it comes to San Diego and LA. Uh, you know, and it, when you're uh, I born and raised in San Diego like like I am and uh, I've lived in LA the last 7 years. Uh you know, when you grow up in San Diego, you're kind of taught to hate everything LA. And <laughs> that's just a product of, you know, living in LA shadow for a long time. And some of that is I think what makes San Diego awesome, you know? It's like it's a little bit of a smaller town, has a little bit more of a small town feel, all that stuff. Uh, but there's also this kind of feeling when you grow up in San Diego, it's like, well, why does LA get all the cool stuff? And it's like, because LA is five times as big. And so, uh, you know, it became a little bit of a, you know, rallying cry in San Diego growing up that you just kind of, if you were, if you were a Chargers fan, if you were a Padres fan, you just hated everything North of Orange County. (laughs) And so for the Chargers to leave and specifically to go to LA was what made this move so impactful. It has to be, uh, you know, how I imagine some folks in Portland feel about Seattle. I yeah. know that there's a big rivalry there. I, I was gonna, that's uh, what I was going to bring up. It'd be like the Trailblazers becoming the new Sonics or something. It, uh, it's That's exactly right. And you know what? That's the same way that we have a lot of folks from across the country plug into the story. You know, people like who live in Milwaukee, who, uh, you know, feel the same way about Chicago teams or people who live in Philly and feel the same way about New York teams. It's just it's just kind of that thing that's ingrained in you for this whole time. And uh, it turns out that that mentality hasn't just affected sports. It's affected politics. It's affected business. It's affected all these other things. And the Chargers are kind of the lone connecting point Mm -hmm. between these two great cities. And so... Our show does a good job, uh, I think, of tying together all of these aspects that in order to talk about the Chargers, you have to talk about the history and the politics and the business and what links these two cities. And uh, that's why we spend six episodes doing that. And this kind of thing has happened before between San Diego and L.A., uh, like with the Clippers, sort of, right? Weren't they the San Diego Clippers and now they're the L.A. Clippers? Ben, jump in here. Are you from San Diego? How did you get involved with this? So, so yes, I am from San Diego. Uh, Rafi and I actually grew up together. Um, so I've, I grew up in San Diego, lived here my whole life. I'm, I went to college up in San Jose, but I'm back in San Diego. So, um, you know, I grew up a Chargers fan and, and I actually went to school for uh, journalism and, and Rafi reached out to me. I'd been back in San Diego for a few months after graduating. And Rafi said, hey, Ben, I've got this podcast idea, you know, 
uh, the Chargers have been gone for a few years, but there's so much more to this story than mm-hmm. you realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as as somebody who is really just interested in the Chargers as their you know football team of of interest, that the only things that I really had thought about were there was a team in San Diego. You know, sometimes they were good, sometimes they weren't. But when they were good, the city cared about them. When they didn't, you know, whatever. But the <laughs> team left goes, because yeah. there was an owner who. Uh, took them to LA yeah. and, and I, I, and there was a vote, but like there was really not much explanation given to like the regular charger fan. And so really Rafi just reached out and said, look, there's a lot, there's a lot that we're going to have to learn, but like there's a lot of information out there. And uh, so that's how I got involved. Um, Lofo, what about for you from a player perspective? Like, I mean, for you guys, it's a job. It's a business. We talk about that all the time. Uh, You didn't have to be on a team that switched cities or anything. But do you know any players who have had to do this kind of thing? And what's it like for them? Oh, but when it happened, I remember seeing ESPN do like a whole like chronicle or documentary on it. You know, people, a lot of them moving up to L.A., right? But some more established, Philip Rivers, you know, for, for example, just bought this like RV type bus that we see LeBron and all, all these players taken to their training and, and elsewhere. And um, that was his commute now. And I mean, it's, if you, you know, fellas, if you hit traffic, it's really only a two, two and a half hour ride. You hit traffic, it's like four and a half, five. Yeah. Um, and so you got to plan that out accordingly, but I can't imagine. And then on top of it, they didn't even really have their own stadium until, uh, or they still don't. Right. I think it's coming next year or something. I, because the Rams got their stadium, but are they well, sharing? No, they're, 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 share, yeah. they're okay. sharing they're it. Share yeah. It. yeah, so they yeah. still don't get their own. So, this, so you still don't have. I mean, it's it's just it's crazy dynamic, you know. And then to top it off, yeah, watching the Rams go straight from St. Louis. So there's plenty of you know fans out there that could you know have a lot of draw to this because of like you're saying the, the rivalry, your team going to another city, and then um, even it brings to me. Boston and New York, how, you know, we, we always felt like little brother to New York and, you know, all the championships the Yankees won and stuff. So it's exciting. I can't wait to, to hear more. And then you brought up this point, Rafi. Um, there is that, that dynamic between San Diego and LA. And then when you get to LA, at least at SC, it's a NorCal so- uh, SoCal thing, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it exists everywhere you go. Um, and so I'm excited to, to see what you guys Pull, pull from this one. What do you guys think fans uh, of the Chargers or, or even just fans of football who tune into the podcast bolted on Believe Sports Network, what, what do you think they're going to be surprised most to hear as this story unfolds? Um, I think that there's, there's a few things. Uh, I think on the uh, political side, one of the things that we talk about is like how many things had to go wrong for the Chargers to actually move like that. This is actually the least likely outcome. If you were to go and unspool all the different things that went wrong Uh, and this kind of culture of uh, in, in San Diego, you know, wanting big things and not wanting to pay for them. And that, that political culture creating a like a snowballing effect that when all of a sudden we needed to build a new stadium, Mm -hmm. there was no money left to do it. Um, and so that was a big thing, I think, on that side. And then uh, on the uh, business side, I think the way that the NFL makes its money and the way that the uh, specifically the franchises all share revenue, I think is central to the story and not something that most fans uh, to, the, to the NFL appreciate in terms of how uh, basically being an NFL franchise, you can kind of succeed no matter where you're located. 
and this idea of small markets and big markets and everything, it's important, but it's it's changing and becoming less important as the years go on. And, you know, we just saw uh, the NFL announced that in 2023, they will have a streaming deal with Amazon and uh, deals with ESPN and everything that's going to bring in north of $10 billion a year in national revenue. And that money's all split, you know, 32 ways amongst the 32 franchises. And so it kind of provides this cushion that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in Jacksonville or Green Bay or Los Angeles or San Diego, that money's coming in. And it's kind of like what you do with the rest where all of the conflict in this story lies. Hey, Ben. You know, I, oh, go ahead, Ben, jump in. I was just going to say that I just to, to top on the, uh, go on top of that, that um, I think that that really is the thing that a lot of regular, you know, fans don't realize or, or understand is that I initially had thought that there there's no way that the Chargers were going to survive in LA. Just the way that their business worked in in San Diego and and let's be honest, it is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, it there it didn't look like it would translate to LA. But as Rafi just mentioned, it it's really, 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 really hard to fail as an NFL team, at least monetarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, with in Seattle, you know, because we can all relate to a team leaving. We never thought it would happen with the Sonics. Forty years in the city, they'd won a championship there. Um, you know, they went back to a championship in the '90s against Jordan and the Bulls and everything. And it seemed like they were so cemented there. And so when they left, it was such a big surprise. However, for Sonics fans and for people that live in Seattle, it always has felt like they're coming back, and someday they'll be back. And you know, that fight it has never been over. But for Charger fans and for people that live in San Diego, I mean, is there hope that they're ever coming back or that another team is coming? Well, I can tell you on all of the Facebook pages that I'm on, on the Instagram and Twitter accounts that I see, a lot of San Diegans want them back. Sure. I can tell you that much. Of course. Um, and I think Rafi might be able to give a little bit more detail on it, but the Chargers have a really good deal in LA. They are going to be, they have a deal to be at SoFi Stadium for 20 years for a dollar a year. Um, you're not going to get better rent than that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and <laughs> so far, must know, be making a ton of money off those people's student loans. <laughs> <laughs> and so, they and don't so need yeah, it from the Chargers. Right. Wow. And, uh, and, right. And so, uh, and so, it's it's going to take a lot to get a team back in San Diego. Yeah. You know, there there isn't really a reason for teams to want to come to San Diego. I love San Diego. I'm a huge sports fan, and I would love for any and all professional sports teams to come to San Diego. But if we're going to be honest, you know, San Diego didn't always show um, the Chargers that they did. You know, that they wanted them to be there, right. and and I think that it really does take a, a city being in love with the team, whether they go 0 and 16 or 16 and 0. And um, so it's, it's just a weird, it's going to be a weird feeling. Um, you know, you said that, that Seattle fans never expected the the Sonics to leave. Rafi and I have talked about it and we talked about it on the show. There was talks in San Diego about the chargers leaving in the two thousands in the you know early two thousands, Ryan Leaf talked to us about it. And um, so, so it's it's always was something that was like a fear that yeah. they could leave. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that part is really different. Yeah, I think the bummer for me is, um, and unfortunately for you guys and for everybody living down there, it's just 
it doesn't seem like they'll obviously be coming south again or or go back to being the San Diego Chargers. And then in terms of, like you guys are saying, bringing another team in, I mean, the NFL is looking at going to Europe or, you know, Asia, opening up teams, you know, that are not even in this country sooner than they're looking at bringing another team back to San Diego. So obviously that's unfortunate. Uh, what about you guys, though, as fans? I mean, are you still rooting for them? So uh, like I mentioned earlier, I've lived in L.A. for the last like seven, eight years now. And it was I, I, I there was a moment of indecisiveness when the team announced they were moving because there was this feeling of like, oh, they're going to be in L.A. I live in L.A. That's great. But then I was like, there was this just pit in my stomach of mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, everyone I know back home is so upset about this. And like I said, it's not that far. It's a, it's, you know, like Lofa said, it's, it's a couple of two and a half hours, but, you know, maybe four hours depending on traffic. <laughs> and uh, I went to my first part of the reason why I started doing the show and why I hit a Bennett because I went to in 2019, I went to my first L.A. Chargers game. It was like a week four game against the Broncos. And it was just a sea of orange. Mm. It was just all Denver Broncos fans. I, like 80-20 like was the split, I would say. Wow. And uh, I think now my fandom for the Chargers has changed and shifted into being more of like a scientific appreciation. I think that when I was, uh, you know, when they were in San Diego and growing up, it was like, if, you know, if the Chargers lost, like my day was ruined. You know what I mean? Yeah, like sure. it was like, it was like, oh my God, I would just, my heart and soul would go into every snap. And now I'm kind of just like, wow, is this is this like basically experiment of, well, you know, best business practices that is so devoid of what we traditionally think of like sports and fandom and everything? Is it going to succeed and survive? And we we tackled that a lot in our last episode, which should be out now. And uh, ultimately, I think that the answer is going to be yes, that that the uh, success for the NFL in the 21st century is going to have a lot less to do with like traditional fandom and more to do about like branding and and marketing. And and I think that they are doing a very good job of that in LA. Right. Uh, All six episodes are out right now. You guys can listen wherever you find podcasts. It's Bolted. That's the name of the series. And it's brought to you by Ben and Rafi and everybody here at the Believe uh, Sports Podcast Network. Um, Guys, I mean... Who sold out who? Did the city sell out the team or did the team sell out the city? You know, I, I, that's a great question because I really do think that it's going to depend on uh, who you side with um, because everybody's at fault. Like, I, I really do believe that after um, after doing the research and, and taking 15 months to create this podcast, um, you can put the blame in literally anybody's hands. Um, the the city, the politicians, the the team, the owners, the fans. There's so many different people. Not that Ladanian you can blame. Tomlinson, though. Probably not. Right, ever right, him. right. Not Ladanian. Not not Rivers. <laughs> not Gates. Not those um, guys. Maybe Drew Brees. Right. <laughs> Maybe Drew Brees. Possibly. It's Drew's fault for leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, we don't need to. Get I mean, into do you that, think? But... <laughs> look, do, you, do you think if the team had had more success? I mean, I know Philip Rivers. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Sure. What do you think, Lofa? Is he an instant Hall of Famer? Uh, I'm borderline, man. Really? Like, okay. Numbers are great, but yeah, you know, where's the significant win? Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's the whole thing. But so I mean, I, do, yeah. you, do you think if he they would have had more success, maybe won a Super Bowl with Rivers, obviously, or even like hung on to Drew Brees because you know he won one in New Orleans after that? Like, d- does the team stay if there's success? If, Lofa, what do you think? 
If they have success, I mean, yeah, they because naturally now now there's a little more support that goes that gets involved, right. you know, whether right. you know fans packing that house to see, you know, and say, I was there, mm-hmm. I was at that game, you know, that's you know what really comes down to for for me in terms of you know from the fan aspect, it's because it's tough, and I mean, Rafi, you know, um, L.A. is not you know, easy to sell out, man. It's always 70 degrees. Brett, you're down there too. Yeah. It's always 70 degrees and sunny. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who'd rather go do something else and watch football. That's just a fact. We had to win 25 out of 26 games in 2003 and 2004 in order to sell that place out. And so, you know, at SC. And so that's, that's yeah. what it takes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I don't want to sell that short that the, the Coliseum is about a hundred thousand capacity. So it's not an easy feat, but yeah. <laughs> and there, true. and there wasn't any pro football at the town at the time either. And I think that that's part of the, the, uh, you know, conflict that you see in this story is that, you know, Ben had already mentioned, like there wasn't always like, there was a little bit of fair weather support for the charters in San Diego and, LA hundred percent is the same thing. The difference is, is that LA has 10 million people and San Diego has two or three, mm-hmm. you know? So they, they get that they, they, they essentially buy that leeway with their size. Now, I, I think, you know, going back to like, who's to blame, you know, there's that old saying of like, uh, you know, success has a thousand fathers, but, but defeat is an orphan. And I think that right now you can definitely apply the same thing to the chargers. You know, I think that, it the like I said earlier, this is a unique scenario. This is actually the least likely scenario that the Chargers had moved because the NFL wanted the Chargers to stay in San Diego. Um, they liked having that market. They liked playing Super Bowls in San Diego, like everything like that. Um, I really don't think that the Spanoses wanted to leave until it became painfully evident that they were going to get such a sweet deal in LA that they like basically couldn't say no. And the city obviously didn't want them to leave, but it was just, there was no uh, financial room for them to pay for it. And the Spanishes, unfortunately are uh, in this kind of second class of NFL ownership that you see families like the, like the Davis family who owns the Raiders and these families where they're very wealthy. They're very, very wealthy, but that wealth is tied up in the team. And they can't afford to go and do things like Stan Kroenke or Jerry Jones, where they just like want to build a a modern day coliseum in the middle of, you know, some part of a major American city. That takes a lot more money than the wealth that they have just tied up in the team. Especially if they're not getting the support of the city, right? Yeah. That's what we're talking some politics coming into play. Yeah, 100%. And and talking about if they had been successful, you know, that team had a lot of opportunities. Um, You know, just uh, the year after uh, you went to the Super Bowl for the Chargers in 06 were incredible. They went 14 and two, everything Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And, you know, they lost their first playoff game infamously to the Patriots. And, you know, uh, that season, for instance, you know, LT uh, breaks the single season touchdown record. And I think because because they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, that achievement is viewed as more of an individual achievement mm-hmm. uh of oh this is you know lt did this and and it's more tied to his legacy if they had taken home a lombardi trophy that year i think that you would have seen like that that was the gateway to the trophy and it would have been much more tied to the team and you know those were those teams in the mid to late 2000s were very good they had a lot of opportunities but for a number of reasons they just never succeeded, and ultimately, that's why they paid the price. Well, the podcast is awesome. You guys uncover a lot of juicy stuff on there. All six episodes are out right now. You guys can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. The show is called Bolted. Uh, what's next for you guys? I mean, you, you tackled this. It was uh, obviously something near and dear to you guys, and you did a great job doing it. But what's next for this uh, 
this duo here that uncovers all of this, that sordid tales of politics and you know sports and stuff. What what are you guys going to tackle next? Pun intended. Uh, well, uh, we're not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves. We actually have to make a bonus episode of, of Bolted. Uh, and the reason being is uh, there was a story that dropped in the LA Times on Thursday uh, that uh, Dia Spanos Barbarian, who is the younger sister of Dean Spanos, actually filed a petition in court uh, because she's trying to uh, force the sale of the team mm. uh, out of the Spanos family has a lot to do with, you know, inner sibling squabbling and also potentially finances from when they move the team, you know, making, you know, increasing their debts and everything like that. So we're waiting for more information to come out. We're going to try and talk to some people, but that's definitely the next thing that we're wow. focusing so, on. And I don't think we want to get too far ahead of that. Look out for the Oklahoma City Thunderbolts coming soon then or something. I don't know. What's next? You got the, say, the yeah, Thunder's already there. Maybe it'll be the Chargers next. <laughs> they would go with the Thunder, right? Thunder and Lightning? Yeah, why not? Be perfect. Now you're on to something. Right? <laughs> guys, thanks so much for jumping on the show. It's really great to talk to you guys. And uh, like we've been saying, everybody, go check out the show. Give it a listen. I mean, if you don't think it could happen to your sports team, <laughs> we've got another thing coming for you. So uh, listen to it and, um, you know, be aware when those conversations start up around your team because it could happen to you. Thanks for jumping on, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks yeah. for having us. That's a wrap on this episode of the Seahawks podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you've got thoughts about Lofa's water bottle or anything else, you can hit us up at the email, seahawkspod at gmail.com. Also, that's our social media. Seahawks pod on any social media is where you can find us. Lofa, break us down. I got nothing. All right, well, then I'm going to break down this episode. How about that? Go ahead, man. All right, it was a good show. Put your hands in the middle. Put your water bottle in the middle. Good, good practice out there. Good hustle. Way to do it, even though it was a Monday. I like it. You know, a little slow to start, but we got there. Let's break it down to my buddy James Vanderbeek on three. Vanderbeek on three. Vanderbeek on me. One, two, three. James Vanderbeek. Vanderbeek. Well, you said Vanderbeek, not James Vanderbeek. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.